Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Listen as Pastor Paul speaks on pigs, power, and profit. And here's Paul to give you a teaching. Thanks. Hush it. Teacher Paul. Yeah, I don't care about your. I don't care about your uh, emotional sanctity. I just care about teaching. <laughs> okay. You know what? All right, I got some time. Um, while I'm getting started. Can I get that TV rolled in here? That'd be awesome. All right, I just just now thought, I was like, you know what? I should probably use that. That'd be a good idea. Hey, what? Great. He didn't tell me. Just... Oh. No, that's melatonin. Melatonin doesn't do anything. All right. While they're getting this TV, you want a pointer? Pointer from Paul. All right, uh, what do you want? You want practical, spiritual, financial? What do you want? Financial? I don't know if I'm equipped to give you guys any of these. I'm just kidding, I can do it. Um, I'll give you one of each, a practical and financial one. You ready? Okay, here's a cool one. And I only say this because I've been on the receiving end of this, uh, and it's been really great. So when you guys are old and wrinkly, not necessarily, I guess you don't necessarily have to be old. You may want to come on this side and lift it up. I was trying to get out of the way. Um, When you guys have grandbabies, I know. Isn't that funny? You guys are going to have grandkids one time, sometime, (laughs) one time. (laughs) Have one grandkid. That's it. One and done. Oh, that switch is Velcroed. Oh, well, not really. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Thanks, bro. Okay. Purchase when they're like one through ten. Do you guys remember any of your birthday gifts that you got from your grandparents when you were one through ten? Okay. Let me give you a secret. When you're 29 years old, you won't remember nor will you fit into the clothes. So here's what you should do. Instead of buying them gifts when they're one to 10 that they won't remember, this is really boring, buy a bond, okay? So a bond that matures at 30 years or 20 years or 25 years. So essentially, do you guys know what bonds are? They're like CDs, certificate of deposits. So essentially like you put $50 in And then 20 years later, they get to cash out for like $500, okay? So instead of just like buying like a Barbie or whatever for your grandkid, just spend the 50 bucks and do a bond. And then when they're 30, like I'm going to be this year, they'll be able to cash out like my grandma did, my Oma did. So uh, thanks, Oma. Rip. Uh, I can't tell you how much I'm going to get, but it's more than $500. (laughs) So... Uh, she did a lot. She did a lot. So, um, so, so thank God for turning 30. Um, anyways, I'm going to go barefoot because I'm starting to get a little blister because I got a, my brand new shoes. Amen. Um, I got new shoes. Let's get this going. Um, all right. And then a practical. So that was financial practical. Oh, here's one. Uh, if you're going to get new shoes, don't play basketball in them. I don't know if you, what you could. I don't know if what I did would could be called basketball, um, but don't run around in brand new shoes. You'll get blisties. Oh, look. You'll get blisties. Cool. You guys ready? Did you guys like your uh, teaching from Slain last week? Ah, there we go. All right. Well, that 
That's not hard to beat, though. Apparently, I was looking at some pictures, not pictures, uh, uh, papers of when I was writing some stuff when I was, what, in third grade? I write the same. So it's uh, chicken scratch, I guess is how you call it. Um, all right, so what? let's just go a little bit back. Uh, what was L? I know. What? Legacy. I was asking because I forgot too. L M. What's M? Mysteries into the mysteries. N O P. All right, let's talk about it now. P is. Oh, I'll get this out of the way. Pigs, power, and profit. Sorry, can you see? All right, if you can see that one. No, that would be S for son. All right, so let's just jump into it. You ready? You got notes? If you're not taking notes, that's all right. You just won't remember this. Just kidding. All right. So let me set you some parameters, or no, I guess not parameters. Let me set the scene, okay? So Jesus and his disciples decide to get into a boat, okay? So they get in a boat. What do you think happens in the boat? Oh, it's a storm. Okay, so this is the, the famous story, not the one of uh, Peter walking on the water, uh, but this is another one where they're in the middle of the storm and they Jesus is sleeping underneath and they say, Master, do you not care that we're going to die? And he's like, oh my gosh, like you guys don't have any faith at all. Like you're not going to die, okay? So then he says, peace, be still, calms the storm, and then they land on the seashore, okay? So this is the cross, the sea, okay? You ready? Yes. So let's pick up. Uh, we're just going to really pull from one passage of passage of scripture, but it's going to be good. I'm excited. All right. So Luke 8, 26 through 39, Luke 8, 26 through 39. All right. As soon as they stepped ashore, say as soon as, as soon as, as soon as, as soon as they stepped ashore on the Eastern side of the lake in the land of the Gerasenes. Yep. Gerasenes. Gerasenes. It sounds like, a, I guess, a garrisons. Uh, the disciples were confronted by a demon-possessed madman from a nearby town. Many times he had been put under guard and bound with chains, but with many demons inside of him had repeatedly thrown him into convulsions, breaking his shackles and driving him out of the town into the countryside. He had been demonized for a long time and was living naked, say naked, in a cemetery among the tombs. When he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet and screamed out, What are you doing here? You are Jesus, the Son of the Most High God. Jesus commanded the demons to come out of him, and they shouted, We beg you, don't torture us. Jesus asked the man, What is your name? Mob, the demon answered. Uh, you're, if you're reading something other than the Passion, it may say legion. Um, we are a mob, for there are many of us here in this man. We beg you, don't banish us into the abyss. On the, hill, on the hillside nearby, there was a large herd of pigs. Everybody say, And the demons pleaded with Jesus, let us enter into the pigs. No. So Jesus ordered all of the mob of demons to come out of the man and enter into the pigs. Okay, thanks. Our... Uh, our participation is slowly diminishing on that, so I think we're done with that. <laughs> the crazed herd of swine stampeded over the cliff into the lake, and all of them drowned. When the herders tending the pigs saw what had happened, they ran off in fear and reported it to the nearby town and throughout the countryside. Then the people of the region came to see for themselves what had happened. When they came to where Jesus was, they discovered the notorious madman totally set free. He was clothed, speaking intelligently, and sitting at the feet of Jesus. They were shocked. Then eyewitnesses to the miracle reported all that they had seen and how Jesus completely delivered the demonized man from his torment. After hearing about such amazing power, the townspeople became frightened. That's important. Say frightened. 
Okay, let's back up. After hearing about such amazing power, the townspeople became frightened. Soon, all the people of the region of the Gerasenes and the surrounding country pleaded with Jesus to leave them, for they were gripped with fear. So Jesus got into the boat, intending to return to Galilee. But the man who had been set free begged Jesus over and over not to leave, saying, Let me be with you. Jesus sent him away with these instructions. Return to your home and your family and tell them all the wonderful things God has done for you. So the man went back and preached to everyone who would listen about the amazing miracle Jesus had worked in his life. Okay. You ready? Covered a lot of ground in that. So let's talk about person number one. Oh, no, that's okay. Okay, it's much worse than Slane's handwriting, I'm sure. All right, person number one, the demonized man, okay? All right, so let's set the context. So I think it's really easy when you read this, these types of scriptures to just like blow in, blow out, and be like, okay, yeah, it was a great story, and then Jesus left. Like literally, how many, how many verses were we? I mean, less than 15, yeah, less than 15 verses we have about this man uh, and so it's easy just to, you know, great. It's great 13 verses, great 15 verses, whatever. Um, but for years, this man has been tormented, okay? For years, this man's been naked, okay? For years, he's been oppressed by a multitude of demons. He's been an outcast in his town where he was once a kid playing in the streets, okay? So just imagine growing up, like, with your best friend, and then your best friend ends up becoming like demonically oppressed. And then for years, he's hanging out in the graveside. Like, that's pretty agonizing. Uh, he's now he now relentlessly cuts himself with stones. He now lives among the dead in the cemetery. And people put chains on him so that they can keep him away and set aside. And he screams out in agony day and night because of the voice is in his head. And that's driven him to become a madman. And they send him into violent convulsions. Okay? Pretty picture, right? So it would seem that there would be like no hope for this man, right? The townspeople have put him out of sight, out of mind, don't have to deal with you. We're not dealing with it, okay? So um, the townspeople have this whole mentality of if I don't look at it, it doesn't exist. You guys know that? Like if I don't look over there, then th that problem doesn't exist. And I'm not saying that like all our problems in our life are like demonically oppressed madmen. But how many of you guys have ever done that? Being like, hey, if I don't think about this issue, if I don't think about my uh, astronomy homework that is due tomorrow, it doesn't exist. It does exist and you will fail like I did. Um, so you have to do your homework, especially in astronomy. Um, side note, when I took astronomy, we didn't talk about the stars. We talked about telescopes. How boring is that? I literally, liter okay, literally, when I signed up for the class, it said, astronomy, the age of the dinosaurs. So I was like, shoot, dude, we're going to learn about dinosaurs or something fun. He's like, this is the Keck 1. This is the Keck 2 telescope. This is this telescope. I'm like, oh, my God, guys, this is the most boring class of my entire life. Um, and then I failed it. Thanks, Nehemiah, because he was born on the day before I had this, the midterm. So I'm literally in the hospital. Uh, honestly, Chloe and I have been dating for three months. I don't know why I felt the need to be at the hospital for Nehemiah's birth, <laughs> but I was there nonetheless and then failed the midterm and had to retake the entire course with the same professor. <laughs> Thanks, Nehemiah. I blame you. Um, I've been holding it over his head ever since. Uh, Anyway, so take your midterms. It, I mean, Reliant K was right. You should show up to take your finals and your midterms. Okay, yeah, anyways. So this man is possessed. He's alone. He's naked. He's hopeless. And the Bible doesn't even tell us how he got to this point. It just tells us that he's here. Uh, we don't really know what happened. We don't know, like, if there was any sort of trauma that opened up a door or any sort of like witchcraft that was going on that opened up. Like, we don't know. All we know is that there's a madman who's being 
chained up, breaking his chains, and he's cutting himself and trying to get some sort of semblance. And so, okay. Second person, who do you think? Oh, Jesus. Okay. Same person, Jesus. Okay. All right, so go with me here. This is wild. I saw this today, and I was like, shoot, dude. That, that is good. Okay, you got to turn the hat backwards for this. All right, so do you guys know that Satan is called the prince of the air? Okay, the prince of the air, P-R-I-N-C-E. Like, like the air. Yeah, the prince of the air. Um, I, th- I think, no, don't quote me on this. I think this is, uh, it talks about this when uh, Jesus goes off into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Um, it says he's the prince of the power of all of the air. Okay, so um, long story short, we're going to backtrack. Okay, so uh, when Adam and Eve were created, God gave them all authority to subdue every animal and have dominion over the entire earth. Okay, you with me? When they fell, what they did is they gave over that authority to the enemy. That's what happened. Like when they, when they, not like joined sides of Satan, but like when they gave into temptation, what they did is they forfeited their authority. And so when Jesus came back and he's like being tempted by the devil and Satan says like, hey, if you bow before me, like I have authority and I'll give it over to you. Like that wasn't just like a empty promise like satan had taken that authority from adam and eve that was given to them by god so jesus came back to grab that authority back and he did so when he went down down to death hell in the grave and he grabbed all the keys and it was amazing but satan does have this authority on the earth at this point in time okay so this is what i thought was interesting um could it be that if if you're gonna set sail across the sea and you see a tumultuous storm in front of you, you're probably not going to go, right? So I would dare say that there was not a storm when the disciples and Jesus first made their trip across the sea. So they've got clear waters, clear skies, clear skies, clear skies, okay? And they're going across the sea. And then what I, not I, but there's a commentary that I read that said this, and I was like, dang, that was pretty good that the demonic spirits that were in this man like sensed Jesus coming across the sea and G- and Satan being the prince and the power of the air like sends this demonic storm in order to strike fear into the disciples and to Jesus to keep them away from the shore. And so that's why like these disciples were like filled with fear and they're like, we're gonna die. And so if you feel like you're gonna die, you're probably gonna retreat back. So that was their whole intention. But when Jesus is woken up, he's like, guys, I've got this. And so he's not just like rebuking like winds and waves and stuff. He's, he's literally rebuking a demonic attack, attempting to keep them away from this one man. Long story short, like when they, this is the only interaction that Jesus has with people on this part of like, uh, of the garrisons. He never goes back here after this. And you'll find out here in just a second. Well, we already read it where the townspeople ask Jesus to leave. And then he says, all right, peace out. And then he gets back in his boat and goes back across the sea. Okay. He never goes back. So he went there for one man. Okay. And so this is what is so cool. Literally it said as soon as, right. Is that what it said? As soon as they stepped ashore on the Eastern side of the lake, land of the garrison, the disciples were confronted by a demon possessed madman from the nearby town. Literally. It's like, if this is the, if this is the boat and that's the shore, shoo, here comes this dude instantaneously as soon as they step foot on the shore zoom right here and then jesus is coming face to face with it you don't get time to acclimate you don't get time to like oh i need a drink of water oh i need this it's like okay no you just had this head-on collision with an assault from the enemy uh, attempting to keep you away from this one man now you're here and he's in front of you what are you gonna do okay i can see all you when i'm down here this is nice like when i'm here i'm like hannah just looks like nothing like I can't, you can't see me either. Oh, oh, it seems really bright. Okay. All right. So that's what's crazy. As soon as he steps short, the madman came up to him. Um, what I also love about this, a, a lot of this is just going to be um, explaining kind of what's going on. But I just I think it's interesting to look at scripture 
and really dissect like, okay, really what's happening? Jesus says two sentences to the dude, their entire interaction before he gets delivered. Two sentences. It only notates one of them. It says in the first sentence, it doesn't even say what he says. He says, um, when he fell at the feet of Jesus, he fell and screamed out, what are you doing here? You are Jesus, son of God. Jesus commanded the demons to come out of him. That's the one sentence. We don't know what he said. I mean, it's just saying he commanded the demons to come out of him. Okay. And then they shouted, we beg you, don't torture us. And then Jesus says, what is your name? Okay. And the demons answer, we are mob. Um, And then it says, we banish you on the nearby hillside. You say it with me. It's easier when we all say it together. And everybody here's have. There's a large herd of pigs and the demons pleaded with Jesus, let us enter into the pigs. So Jesus ordered all the mob of demons to come out of the man and enter into the pigs. Okay, so three sentences. We only notate one of them. That's just freaking crazy. Literally says like, what's your name? And then he says, this is my name. Okay, uh, another thing. Um, in... Jewish tradition when they're doing like demonic exorcisms or whatever, however you want to say it, when there's a demonically oppressed person and then the priest comes up to try and bring deliverance, uh, their general mode of operation uh, would be to ask the demon, like, what's your name? And then like cast it out by name. Like that would be their thing. Uh, But it's funny that Jesus asks the demon, like, hey, what's your name? He responds. And then Jesus doesn't even like mention the demonic name. To the demon he just said all right get out of here like it's just so cool like it just like notates like how much authority he's walking in. like he's not even like he's even in the demonic like release of him like healing this person he's all he's already like upsetting the religious status quo like it's not just in front of like the religious pharisees and sadducees like it's on the countryside where he's just like i'm not going to do it the way you guys have always done it i don't have to do it the way you've always done it which is so cool anyways uh, third group of people. Oh, uh-huh, here we go. Third, we'll say people. The townspeople. Okay. It says townspeople. Okay. Tours people. Tours people. Whatever. Townspeople. All right. The man was healed, and what did they do? What was their response? What was their emotion? Fear. They were afraid. There was no celebration, and there was no embrace of this man who was formerly possessed by the demonic who is now free. But just fear, and in Mark's account of it, there's frustration. But we won't read. uh, We're not going to go there. But anyway, so they're full of fear and frustration at this point. So the entire point of Jesus coming across the sea was for this man. Like, even if Jesus didn't know it was for this man, it was just so cool because, like, Jesus didn't seek the man out. He's just, like, it's almost just, like, um, like the spirit moves wherever he wants when he's talking to Nicodemus. And so our whole point isn't to, like, figure out and harness the Holy Spirit and figure out what he's trying to do, but it's just, like, when he breathes, let's just go. So the Holy Spirit probably just told Jesus, like, hey, go across the sea. There's an assignment waiting for you. So he didn't go and seek out the man. He may have not have known what was going on. And so, but as soon as he came up across the sea, the man comes up to him. He's like, okay, this is probably it. So here's just a little nugget for you. Um, You don't always have to know what your assignment is when the Holy Spirit sends you. Your whole point of going is just to go. And I promise you, like, divine interaction and divine provision is going to be there when you step foot onto the shore. So just want to encourage you that if you feel the Holy Spirit leading you somewhere, don't try and figure it all out. Like, don't try and cross all the T's and dot all. I was like, well, what am I going to do when I get there? Just shut up. Just go. Like, just freaking go. Like, if Jesus is just going, you just go. You look like Ray Charles, Hannah. That is hilarious. (laughs) I just... (laughs) Anyways, so, um, so the townspeople were frustrated and fearful. So if you're too self-focused and not kingdom focused, this is what you want to tweet. Okay. If you're too self-focused and not kingdom focused, you're going to build a case against Jesus real fast because here's, what's going to happen. 
is the townspeople are thinking, um, when he sent the herd out, and Pastor Michael or Pastor Jahan talked about this a couple weeks ago, but when he sent the demons out into the pigs, how many pigs? 2,000. 2,000 pigs, okay? So what's happening is that there is, there's, it's these herds people who their livelihood is to take care of these pigs. And so they get their income from the pigs. They get like everything that their life revolves around is like tending to these pigs, right? Like they got to feed the pigs. They got to slaughter the pigs. They got to sell the pigs. That's how they make the money. Um, I saw this account. I think it was like valued at like $320,000, like like USD now, like the cost of the pigs. So literally like when Jesus sent the pigs over the hillside, it cost the herds people $320,000. Because their entire like vocation was based upon these pigs, and now they're gone. So, but if you're self-focused and you're saying, "My pigs," right? Like, and you're not, and you're just focused on what is right in front of you of how this has immediately affected you. You're gonna build a case against Jesus so fast that you're gonna send him back across the sea. And so, but what happens if if you're kingdom-focused? You're like, dude. Whatever it takes to get that man healed, like, do you want my other 2,000 pigs that are on the other side of the pasture? Like, what, what's it going to take to get this one other person free, right? So that, that's the whole issue of this, these herds people, townspeople, <laughs> call them herds people, whatever. <laughs> the herds people, the tourist people. They're too self-focused and they're not kingdom focused. Um, so they're saying things like, we had this man taken care of, like out of sight, out of mind, this man has now upset the status quo and my pigs, right? I feel like that should just be the title. My pigs! Anyways. But what what struck me, and we're going to kind of shift gears here, um, but before before we shift gears, let's just kind of wrap up this portion. Um, no. Well, actually, yeah, but I'm not going to pull all the way from it, but um, I hope that we all don't have the opportunity or the, I don't know, I hope we don't find ourselves in the position of the madman ever in our lives. Um, I mean, because the Holy Spirit is just going to keep us, whatever. Um, I hope we don't find ourselves there. But you will inevitably find yourself in the position of the townspeople. And you're going to have to make a choice of like, okay, this is going to cost me. And it may not directly benefit me, but is it worth it for that man to come into freedom or for that woman to come into freedom or for that girl to find freedom or for that boy to find freedom? Like, what's it going to cost? Like, and you're going to have to make up your mind. It's like, you know what? This kind of hurt me financially, emotionally, whatever. But like, but now that person that was blind can now see. So that's worth it for me. So if, if your sacrifice that you give to the Lord isn't the front and center sacrifice that everyone is gawking at, are you still okay? Like, like what happens when your sacrifice really goes unnoticed? Like Jesus never even talked to the townspeople. It's like, Hey, do you mind if I like send these demons into this this herd of swine like I know it's going to affect you but like is that okay like he didn't even get permission he was like yes by all means get this man free let's go and so if you're in the position of like look my life is not my own to you belong I give myself away everything that I have it may cost you but I promise you you're going to see the miraculous and if your position is that of whatever I have is yours Jesus is going to stick around a lot longer than if you're just like this is an inconvenient to me okay I'm gonna go back across the sea then like the position of your heart dictates how close Jesus stays to you how you respond to your offering and how Jesus uses it is not up to you you're the only thing it's up to you is what you give and how you respond to it let him do whatever he wants I mean, what's the, what's more beneficial? I feel like I'm just harping on this, but anyways, you get what I'm saying. Okay. You got this? Okay. 
This is for dramatic effect, I guess. Okay. Any thoughts as to what these percentages represent? Wow, nailed it. Absolutely nailed it. Okay. Oh. Not quite. So this is about 9 to 12 years old. This is 13 to 18 years old. This is the percentage of the people in this age bracket and the percentage of people in this age bracket that have dealt with suicidal tendencies, thoughts, or actions, i.e., the man who's bound up with chains and is consistently cutting himself with stones trying to get some relief or release from the torment in his head. This is, uh, this is a poll from last year, I think. And I'm sure the, the years prior, it was a lot lower. And so I'm not, um, I'm not an anti-phone police, but I would dare say the access that comes with this has given rise to a spike here. Um, but I'm not here to harp on that. So the issue is over half of this demographic is tormented. And so if 65, 64.3 to be specific, percent of people y'all's age are dealing with this, I would dare say that maybe 65, 64.3% of you guys might have been dealing with this currently, formally, or whatever. And so uh, first off, this is why I'm saying I'm, we're switching gears. First off, no stones, no shame. There's no shame in that. Uh, I was one of those statistics. Uh, it was probably a lot lower when I was in this age bracket. Um, but I was one of these numbers. And and I, I like, this isn't like testimony time, but uh, it felt like there was no way out. It felt like, and, and my life was good, like on paper. Like, I, I shouldn't have had to deal with it. But here's the thing. The enemy is no respecter of your socioeconomic status or how good your home life is. Because John 10.10 10 says, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus comes to give life and life more abundantly. So if the whole MO of the enemy is to bring death and destruction, he's not just going to, to the lower socioeconomic classes or to the people that don't have both mom and dad or to the people who – he's going after everyone. And so I'm not saying everyone is susceptible, look out. But I am saying that there's an epidemic that's happening and there's a torment that's happening in y'all's generation. And so, like I said, there's no shame, there's no stones. Uh, and I don't want to, well, let's go here. Um, you guys familiar with Elijah? Not Elisha, but Elijah. Did you talk about Elijah last week? No way. Amen. What did you talk about Elijah on? Like, I guess I should have listened to the podcast. Oh, thank God. Okay. There's a big storm. Oh, like not in the not in the earthquake, not in the wind, but it was in the stills. All right, this is right before that. Right before it. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk about this really quick. So this is right on the heels of the showdown at Mount Carmel, right? Uh, where how many prophets of Baal? Lots. I, I don't have the exact number off the top of my head. Um, I, I know it was a few hundred. Um, but anyways, so uh, there's this showdown, uh, and the prophets of Baal are doing what? They're cutting themselves. They're screaming out, trying to elicit a response from a false god, Baal, to come and respond and set fire to this altar. And then Elijah just says, all right. And what's funny is the Lord doesn't even instruct Elijah to do this. He just says, all right, watch how, like, 
bad my god is um and just like literally dumps water on all the whole thing and like sets up a moat around it and then he says like answer by fire and literally god sends down this fire that licks up the entire stuff like and it's just bone dry so and then elijah goes on to kill the prophets of baal every single one of them and it's a slaughterhouse um but and it's old testament but we won't get there uh so don't kill people that don't agree with you not a good idea um yeah anyways um but but what's happened is is that that was what was supposed to happen through the lord's instruction okay so like but then immediately after that um jezebel gets word of this you know jezebel she she stuck around for a while uh she's in first kings uh and then she shows up again in revelation so she she's not just dead when the eunuchs throw her out the window which um which i think you guys are old enough to talk about i'll talk about this in a second uh we'll go there in a second uh i'll actually uh, whatever um you may want to cut this part out. Come on, yeah. <laughs> anyway so um yeah we're going good um, so Jezebel gets word that Elijah has done this and tells Ahab, who's actually the king, who is a pansy of a king, just letting you know, um, just like a whipped dog. Don't be an Ahab. My gosh. Um, if you don't yoke up to a Jezebel, you won't be an Ahab. But anyway, okay. Um, so Jezebel tells Ahab to tell Elijah that Jezebel is going to kill him. And so what happens is Elijah freaks out. And he's like, I'm going to die. And rightfully so. I mean, literally the king has told you that his wife is going to kill you, and she's crazy. Um, so what happens is he runs off into the wilderness, and then he becomes so depressed and not just like, oh, I'm sad. He literally cries out to God and says, Elijah wanders into the desert driven by fear and falls under a tree and tells the Lord, it's enough. Now, Lord, take my life, for I am no better than my father's. So literally, he is crawled up into this fetal position under this tree, and he's dealing with depression and, like, the, the suicidal thoughts. Elijah, who just came off of Mount Carmel, literally the most bad illustration probably of the Old Testament of just this fire, like, what in the world? And now he's depressed under a tree, wants to die. So... Here's, here's the important thing that I want to give to you guys. Here's the nugget, so to speak. Um, the Lord didn't come down and say, uh, Ev, come here. This is going to be weird, but I want you to lay down, but face them. Act like, you're, act like this is the tree, and you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to die. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah, that's fine. Well, I mean, like, act like this. Can you do that? Yeah. All right, that's good. All right, so <laughs> she said, <laughs> that's called a tauda. That's, a, that's an act of praise. Remember that, guys? Um, all right, that's okay. Elijah wasn't doing that. Um, so your head is down. You're wanting to die. Um, so Elijah is here in this fetal position, depressed, wants to die. God didn't send an angel down to say, get up. You're okay. It's in your head. Get over it. Come on. We got stuff to do. He didn't say, in Deuteronomy 5, the Lord. Like, he didn't say any of this stuff. You know what happens? The Lord sends an angel to comfort Elijah and make him food. Okay? Elias would love that. There he is. All right. And then what happens? Stay down. And then what happens? Elijah stays there another day. And so the angel of the Lord comes to him again. Guess what he does this time? Makes him more food. And he says, hey, it's okay. Here's some food. Sorry. She's my niece. I can do this. It's okay. Any of you guys, this would be weird. But anyways. Um, says, hey, you're okay. I got you. Brings comfort to his soul. And then he says, here's some food. Let's get up. We, we, got, we got some things to do. All right, you can get up. Thanks, dear. So, here, everybody give it up for Ev. 
So these people don't need rules and regulations. What they need is comfort, okay? What you need is comfort. Um, stop. Okay, let me just tell you this. This is just maybe a pointer from Paul, okay? To these people, stop telling them, hey, just pull yourself out of it. Stop saying that. It's not beneficial. Okay? It's like this. Um, Maddox, come here. All right, I want you to stand here on one foot. Okay. You feel okay? Yeah. Okay, keep it. Stay put. Um, yeah, Griffin and PJ, come here. I want you to start just kind of pushing him around. Oh. RTV! Okay, maybe a little less violent. Try it again. They just... Okay, you know what we do to some people? We say, dude, stop wavering. Just stand up straight. That's not what people need. Keep going. What if I do to you? All right. That's not what people need. Just stand up straight. Just This is what people need. Okay? All right, now try and push him. That's not trying to push me. Okay? It's a lot easier for him to... Jensen, come up here. Come on the other side. It's not fair. I'll show you not fair. Come on the other side. All right, now try and push him. I know. Golly, I should have gotten girls or something. All right, that's it. Sit down. Sit down. Bata, this is Sparta. You're back. So, that's what people need. People don't need, let me move my TV again, PJ. Golly. So, stop telling people, just stand still. Stop moving. Just stop hopping around. They, they, they don't need that. It's not beneficial. People don't need, hey, just, just go over there while you're getting pushed around so we don't have to see you hobbling around. Let, what if we put chains on them? And then he won't have to, we don't have to see him hobble around because they won't push him back into our town. Maybe if we just put him over there in the graveside, then we don't have to deal with all of his crap, right? And that's what we do with people. I hope we don't do that with people. But if we say, hey, just, just get over it, just pull yourself out of it, that's what we're doing. We're saying, I don't want to deal with it. Just figure it out. What they need is someone to come up underneath them and bring them comfort and bring them security and tell them, hey, let me tell you about a man who can totally set you free from this. And that's what I had. I literally, I didn't have, when I was in this area, I literally had two people that were like holding me up. And they didn't know that they were holding me up. Uh, Matt and Rudy, you guys know Rudy, right? He's drums on Sunday. Um, his brother, Matt, they are some of my oldest friends. Um, I've known them for, Lord, 16 years now. Um, it's been a minute. But I remember I was in the thick of all this. Yeah. Um, I was in the thick of all this, and I remember there was a point where it was like a, it was a real low point for me, and it was toward the end, like, I was done. Without getting too graphic, like, I was done. Like, hey, tonight's the night. I'm just going to end it all. I'm over it. Like, not because my life sucked, but because I was just tormented. And I, I didn't I didn't know how to break free from that. So I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm over it. I'm done. Um, and I remember I got a text. Like, I was literally about to go through with this act, so to speak. Um, and I got a text from Matt Randolph. And he says, hey, um, the Holy Spirit just told me that whatever you're going to do right now, don't do it. And I'm coming over. Like, what in the world? Like, we, we, had, we had no idea about, like, the things of the Spirit at this point. Like, we were so fresh, uh, and I hadn't had this interaction with the Holy Spirit yet. So, like, when he sent that text, I was like, 
what? <laughs> like, what is happening? How do you know that I'm about to kill myself? Um, but the Holy Spirit obviously talked to him, and he didn't. What he didn't say is like, "Hey, here's this Bible verse." And yes, you need Scripture. But if if you bring Scripture, because Scripture divides like flesh from bone, like it, and it's so precise, you have to bring it in love and comfort, or else. If you just say, hey, here's a scripture, done. Like, that's that's like irresponsible almost. Like, follow up with it. Like, bring it in love. Bring it in comfort, right? Like, that's what people need. Like, they need the comfort and they need the truth and they need it to come together. Like, that's what I love. It says Jesus is full of grace and truth. So, like, he literally is saying, like, hey, this is the truth. This is this is." This is how you're going to get from here to here, but I'm delivering it in grace to push back this force that's trying to just your face. Okay. So, um, with that being said, pigs, power, and profits. If he wants to use your pigs, let him use your pigs. I just pray that we would stay kingdom-minded in all of it so that literally our life could scream, my life is not my own. To you I belong. Everything I have, I'm going to give myself to you. Whatever it looks like, use it for your kingdom. Like if we really mean that, we're going to see some really cool stuff. And you may not be in the dead center of all of it on the stage of like, oh my God, I look ready. You may not, that may not be your life. But what's going to happen is there's going to be a madman that's been mad for decades and is tormented, and now he's in his right mind. That's, that's the goal, is for the kingdom of heaven to be as far-reaching as humanly possible. And if he's going to use something that we can offer, good Lord, let's do it. Like, let's give it all. So, that's all I got. So let's let's be not the townspeople. Let's be tours people. Hold on. Tours people. Oh, where'd it go? Yeah, bro. That's that's a You know, that's probably why when I was in seventh grade I wrote my name like this. Hold on. I wrote it like that on the yearbook and they put Paul Chicken. They literally said C-H-Y-K-N. Literally the first year I moved to Knoxville, and I was like, wow, that's a great start. So, Paul Chicken. That's what, I'm just saying, that's just what they call me. Paul Chicken. I was like, wow. Awesome. Okay. Um, Let's do some drawings. I clearly don't know how to draw. Did you just drop your phone in the bucket? Yes. No. Oh, you're taking notes. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Oh, is that true? Hey, Jens, bring me that bucket, bro. Uh, Leanna, I saw that you took your case off. That's a pro tip. Come on. <laughs> oh. Wait, what, whose is this? I'm not drawing it. Easy to t- I know. Well, I just won't grab it. <laughs> Sorry. That's fire. Oh, what did I say the other day? I was talking about. That's just your dad. Who's this? Oh my gosh, it's Journeys. Are you going to come get your gift card or what? You're welcome. All right. Oh, my gosh. All right. Do we want to have someone else draw these? You did get shoved into a TV, but I don't care. Jaden, come on up. 
Oh, this boy comes from an island. Leanna! Wow! Are you gonna cry? Oh. Alright, first time guests. Where are we at? I don't have the card, but. Oh, poop on a stick. Oh, remind me of your name. I know it. Nayeli? All right, everybody give it up for Nayeli. Okay, this is yours. Who'd you come here with? Oh, Eva, come on. Less important, just kidding. Um, all right, so... <laughs> Just kidding. Your mom never gave you that ten dollars. Oh, she has spent it at the nail salon. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> hey Nora. Everybody say hey Nora. Come here. Let's deliver the final message together. Okay. Two things. If you're going to the girls' thing. You need to RSVP to that lady over there. By next, what? Yeah, you have a week. Hey. Can you say, hey. Okay. Um, second thing. Uh, can you say something? Oh, sorry. I was just going on with my. Oh. Anyways. Uh, what time are you coming for the car wash? What time are you leaving? Three. Is lunch provided? Okay, Here, here's a new thing we're doing this year. Um, you have to sign in when you get here for the car wash because I'm not going to be like, oh, wait, who's there? I think this person was here. And then I don't know if you were here or not. So we're going to have the iPads. App. What is happening to me? The iPads. We're gonna have the iPads set up. We're gonna have the iPads set up. Um, and you're gonna have to register, sign in when you get there. All right, everybody, say oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Say ha ha. Say peace out. Get out of my face. All right, play some music, JC. Thanks for listening to this audio podcast from Illuminate Student Ministries. Be sure to stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Illuminate Knox.